0: episode 351 of the biz talk podcast the wichita business journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people places companies organizations and issues that are important to wichita's business community i am editor kirk Seminoff. groundbreaking will be happening soon on the first phase of a 22 million dollar project to expand and enhance Exploration Place, that's the Wichita area's science museum that has been enlightening children and their families since the year 2000. Adam Smith, who is in his fifth year as EP's President and CEO, and who is the architect behind this massive project, joins me this week to talk about the inspiration behind it, the fundraising part, and the role it can play in bringing tourists to Wichita. Adam Smith in just a minute. But first, here's a look at what's happening in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story is a look at AI anxiety. As artificial intelligence seeps more and more into the professional workplace, we take a look at why it can be a double-edged sword for workers. Our cover story begins on page 14. This week's list is engineering firms. We rank them by number of registered and licensed engineers. And our list analysis story profiles the company at the top. The list begins on page 8. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly leads section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 18. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. I'm glad to have Adam Smith, President and CEO of Exploration Place, joining me on this week's podcast to talk about the Science Center's $22 million project that is, in effect, a phase two for the 20-year-old facility. You're calling it EP2. Adam, thanks for joining me. I appreciate
1: it. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs>
0: First thing I wanted to ask you is about the recent one million dollar commitment from the Wichita Foundation. That's the news most recently. How much does that? How much of a boost is that for for the total venture?
1: It's a big boost. I actually said this directly to Shelley Pritchard, who runs the Wichita Foundation. That of course the financial contribution is really helpful. We're on a big fundraising campaign, and and we need to raise the money, or it doesn't happen. But particularly this one it gives you a, a morale boost as well to um, I have great respect for for Shelley and the staff of the Wichtar foundation and their mission so when they've made a very considered investment in what we're trying to bring forward um, it actually it, it it's a good feeling actually and and not just for me but for for our whole team and for our board because um, they haven't made that decision lightly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's something that I, I, it's a it's a big investment for them and we, we're, we're sort of humbled by it, I think, but in a, in a nice way that mm-hmm. li- it, it keeps your spirits going. I think this is the it's the third capital campaign I've worked on in a museum and they do their weird things. You know, you we have this saying over in, in Britain where I'm from that, you wait all day for a bus and then three come along all at once. And it absolutely in December, we actually have three pieces of really, really good news for our campaign. But then sometimes you wait for six months and nothing happens, you know? So, um, it, it, that was, that was a good one. You know, it, for the financial investment, really helps the campaign, but also keeps everyone keeps everyone's spirits going. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have a lot of experience as a, as a CEO and a president at this kind of thing, the, the fundraising, the when, when it's time to expand and improve?
1: Um, well, I've certainly picked... I've got a lot more experience than I had 20 years ago, for mm-hmm. sure. And um, you, you do... You learn a few things along the way. One of the things that... Um, I've tried to do with this project overall is, you know, apply what I've learned in the past. And I, I do think we, I feel good about the fundamentals of how we brought this forward. We started by listening. So this whole process came out of, if we go back to those dark days of the lockdown when we, when, when we weren't even allowed to go to work, coincidentally, I was relatively new at Exploration Place. I'd only mm-hmm. been around for a few months. And um, so we're sitting at home or I was personally sitting in an apartment I was renting because I was just looking for a home. You were new. <laughs> doing a, But we did a lot of Zoom calls. Um, and I think we did 60 one-on-one interviews all about an hour long. With leaders in our community, and educators, and business people, and political leaders, and you know, we we tried to cover the different dimensions of a community like ours, including our um, neighborhood groups and and all those kinds of things. And I think that the success that we're having with the fundraising, and it is going certainly the best of the three that I've done uh, so far. I think it is rooted in the fact that we really tried to listen hard and we also at that time surveyed 5,000 of our members at Exploration Place so we're we're trying to get broad based community input Um, and just sort of connecting what you are, the ideas you're bringing forward with what the community is saying its needs are or what opportunities the community sees in you and in, in your site, I still go back to some of those conversations and it's like, you know, the, the, the I, I'll, I'll call one out because I, 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 really, I really appreciate our city manager, Bob Layton. Um, I, I personally did that one-on-one interview and some of the things that he said to me in that, that call, I'm, I still draw from them, like in just in what we're doing mm-hmm. even right now. And, um, so I, th- I think, um, you know, we also another thing maybe your profession doesn't always completely appreciate is that I actually work quite hard to keep it out of the newspapers for, for a period of time. Because I think one of the things I've learned on a journey like this is you, you've got to give ideas some percolation time or some opportunity for people to kind of get comfortable with how you're thinking and um, if you go for the front page of the newspaper like straight away um, I think that's actually where I've made missteps in the past is that you believe in your idea Mm -hmm. so much that you 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 know you can't you just can't wait to tell everyone around it uh, about it but you've got to give your there's something, particularly in community situations, you've got to kind of get people comfortable. And um, if you if you jump too early, that sort of antibodies start forming around your ideas, and and it becomes harder. And and <clears throat> um, so I, I we we went through this in capital campaigns. You call it the quiet phase, mm-hmm. where you're very consciously just building support, trying to get some of those early dollars committed. Um, you you you're trying to build this unstoppable force and this momentum that that really pays off um, as you as you get deeper into the project and I think um, I think that's gone pretty well actually I, I, I not. I, I do like I, I do like press coverage and media and things like things like that, and I appreciate you doing the podcast with me. But um, sometimes just a little bit of patience pays off, and I, I we're getting into the fun time now that our board um, last month basically voted to go ahead and do this whole project that we're talking about—not just the amphitheater, but the, the the playscape on the the south side of the property—and um, it's. Even myself, I'm, I've been working on this now for going on three years, and it's like, wow, it's. Re- it, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> um, we still got, we still got some money to raise. We're we're about eighty percent of where we need to be to to um you know to to do everything to the quality standard that we want. But you can't always wait to raise every single dollar, and mm-hmm. and. You know, we we've we, we've had enough success so far that we feel comfortable moving forward. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's talk about the the, the facets of of EP two, which for a lot of folks is going is the the amphitheater is more important. For a lot of folks, the playscape is more important. Start with the amphitheater, which. You know, I I went by exploration place the other day because I my child has grown up and we're not around there as much anymore. So I had to visualize what would be happening and I'm still stunned every time I see the the ability to look at the keeper from where you're from. Mm-hmm. Kind of start there.
1: I think I'll I'll personalize this one a little bit because it's I actually spoke to my own staff meeting yesterday in these terms because I, I got out of my car yesterday morning and it was a beautiful day that sunshine hitting the keeper and the the river was dead flat calm and I was actually we're going to do the groundbreaking in a, in a couple of weeks and I was actually just walking around thinking what's the best what's the best photo op here for this groundbreaking we're going to do but it was like yeah I think we've chose a great location for this amphitheater because it, it, it is all about the view um we've got um, we've got the optimum view of the keeper of the plains and part of what's um, influencing this it, it is I'm still and although I've been here four and a half years now i I'm still sort of fairly new and can still remember my first impressions and one of my first impressions was these these fire pots at the keeper of the plains, for me as a you know hopefully fairly well traveled person, I've lived in five different states and three different countries, and this is really cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And every night, particularly in the summer, there's like a few hundred people milling around waiting for this thing to happen, but they don't seem to know where to go. Right, and and so one of the things we're doing with this amphitheater is it'll get used every single day. Which is quite rare for an amphitheater, right. but you know, it, it will be the optimum place for people that are either live here and, and are taking friends and family, or people passing through, or whatever it is. It's going to be the optimum place to watch. What I think is a very, you know, it's I don't know the, the Keeper of the plains for me. It's our St. Louis Arch, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever, you know, Eiffel Tower, or, or whatever. It's the what? It's the unique thing, and it's. Um, I don't know who the architect was, by the way, that that did the bridges and the staging of that. But they did a great job, mm-hmm. and all I'm trying to do is just maximize that, the opportunity that I, that I think exists there. Um, but also a venue, you know, bec- ne- once we have this view and this staging of of, of what um, what people would be able to see. Um, Like one of the things that Exploration Place used to do was a thing called River Flicks. So it was a free family movie night uh, where we would, um, you know, get a projector and a screen and and show show movies by the river. Um, Very popular. Our families loved coming out for that. But we made some changes to our layout and we lost the opportunity to do that. So when we started thinking about an amphitheater it was like wow yeah we can bring river flicks back and maybe there's other things we can do too um, don't know if you know this but like 400 couples have been married at Exploration Place over the years you know that pe- I th- people are going to get married in this amphitheater no mm-hmm. question because it's it's a beu- going to be a beautiful place to get married mm-hmm. um, but also if you think about community amphitheaters in general there's, there's I've I, I think there's an opportunity to just sort of throw the opportunity open to others in the community. I, that we've got a really awesome Shakespeare in the Park company. That right. you know, I, I'd love to partner with them. I'm really happy that already our um, our Grand Opera have reached out and they're really interested in doing a production in the amphitheater, um, possibly as soon as this fall. That's their call, by the way. But mm-hmm. it, just the fact that the they see the opportunity because. Ex- I think Exploration Place we do draw a, a very broad-based family audience, and right. and sometimes that can, you know, be attractive to people that, that are trying to reach that audience. So, um, I think we're going to see music. Um, I think we'll do life science shows out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we right now we have a small theater that we do them inside, but I I, I love the idea of doing sort of epic life science shows, and. With that in mind that this drone show that we did um, or that we've been doing is has been that's been a big success for us. So the idea of exploration place being able to stage these larger spectacle kind of things um, on uh, with the, the river and the keeper and our and that whole staging. Um, that's what that's what we're shooting for.
0: What give me a sense for how big this amphitheater will be as far as how many people can fit into it comfortably? Uh, the size and what do you what do you have to do around the facility to change things?
1: Yeah, I, first of all, I, sh- I should probably be careful not to oversell it. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, this is not a amphitheater of the kind that's got thousands of seats, mm-hmm. and um, you know you might go and see U two or something. Mm-hmm. It, it it's um, one of the design references that we've come back to several times is the there is a amphitheater i i used to work in dallas and the, the dallas arboretum has got a nice amphitheater by the lake that it's really a shaped bowl um and it's so all this the, there's no sort of permanent seating or terracing it's, it's very much as sort of a, a grass A grass bowl but I I always love that the feel of that so that's what that's what we're going for the architects they give you different capacities depending upon how tightly you want to cram people in I think the sort of comfortable capacity is going to be about 1500 people Mm -hmm. so when I talk about doing a family movie night where families are going to come and probably bring blankets and and that kind of Loose arrangement that'll be thousand fifteen hundred people, sort of capacity. If we really wanted to, if we did want to bring temporary seating in, we can do that. And if we wanted to have more of a rock concert feel. I think it's like four thousand, but I gotta, I, I, I don't want to oversell that. I, I don't think we'll be doing a lot of programming like that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that, as, as we're bringing the programming to life, what we've, what we're going to do is, um. If this all goes, um, if the construction stays on 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 target, which is really the only reason it wouldn't would be if we had like tons of bad weather, um, then we'll be we'll be debuting the amphitheater with our drone uh, show in September of this year, and and I think that we've got a couple of months um, between then and Veterans Day. Um, which is actually another use case we we had the veterans day parade terminated at exploration place this year and, and we got really good feedback it was the first time we'd ever done that and mm-hmm. the, the organizing committee i think really loved it and i got an email from them sort of saying we can't wait for the amphitheater because what a perfect place to do the awards and the presentations and, and things like that at the end of end of the parade so we're going to have about six weeks this fall and i i, I deliberately want to do that as like our test season what so we're, we're going to try a few different you know we'll yes we'll, we'll do the movies that I'm, i've talked about. um hopefully we can do this opera um hopefully we can do um i i, I want to try some music and and what we learn in that first season will set us up for our first sort of full full year in 2025. because you really
0: can't envision everything you want you can do there until you have some experience yeah it? yeah yeah okay um, talk about the playscape a little bit and you you've said that this is going to happen at the same time instead of being a phase two
1: or there may be a, a little overlap well it, it it is a clearly defined phase two in the sense that the amphitheater is going to open fall of this year right. and then the playscape opens fall of next year mm-hmm. so um but the playscape is certainly in financial terms the large much larger project it, it's it if I take the budget over the two projects it's ninety percent of what mm-hmm. we're gonna spend is going to be spent on this epic play environment and the the simplest way I can describe it is. Um, we're building ten playgrounds in one six and a half acre space. That's and, a good way of putting but it. Yeah, combined it becomes one, ep- you know, seriously epic play play environment. That is, the concept is it's so compelling that I, I think most playgrounds that we think of, you know, are the ones we went to as children, which is sort of a municipal level kind of mm-hmm. play environment. You might go there for half an hour, or three quarters of an hour, something like that. This whole concept of destination play is the idea that people will travel, you know, people will be driving up from Dallas or mm-hmm. uh, over from Denver because they know there is something so epic at Exploration Place they're going to come spend all day, maybe all weekend at.
0: Mm-hmm. People really need to study an overhead, maybe a Google map of, of your facility to see how big this is going to potentially be. You have a playground there now, if I'm not mistaken. Like I said, my child has grown it. But this is just, like you said, it's 10 playgrounds.
1: Yeah, sometimes people don't believe me when I say that... this the playscape we're doing is six and a half acres that mm-hmm. we're developing, and they're like you haven't got six and a half acres there. But it, okay. if if you study it on the map and just look at the way the the, the, the there's a bend in the river and the way the land curves around, mm-hmm. uh, we certainly do. And um, I don't think it's been optimized up to this point. You know, most of the energy and the action at exploration plays has been directed inside the buildings and. And that's not a criticism that I I think, you know, we've been very successful with that in many ways, but as we look to move to the next level, that there's definitely, um, the property we occupy is, it's really valuable. It's when I say valuable, not so much in financial terms, but just the, the, the sighting of it Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, I've been traveling around and trying to visit what I believe are some of the top. Playscapes in the world, and I have not yet found anyone that's got a better site than we've got. So we really want to lean into that and, and, and maximize the location. Um, Talk about the places that, that inspired you, that, that you got some
0: inspiration from as you were thinking about this.
1: Yeah, I, 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 the gathering place down in Tulsa for sure, and again, back to those interviews I was talking to you about when we were doing strategic planning, it really caught my attention, the number of people that were saying, you need to go and look at this mm-hmm. because I, I've i been, or I've taken my family and I think there's something going on down there that would be really awesome and interesting for Wichita. And it was Thanksgiving of that COVID year of 2020. I finally got down to the gathering place and it was some of the most influential Experiences of my life, are when I go somewhere, and as I'm driving home, I'm 50% inspired and 50% jealous. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely had those feelings coming back from Tulsa. It's like, wow, they really, they really did something special down here. But also, I want it. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think it would be, it would be perfect for. Our community and, and the space that we have, and I—I—I—I I, I, I should say—the um, people at the gathering place have been absolutely first class. They've not done anything other than welcome me on many visits, and I've taken donors and board members and community people down there. Uh, probably too much, but it's been—it's to have three hours drive away are really about as good a comparison as we could find anywhere. It's been super helpful. So, um, some of your listeners know what I'm talking about because, because mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people, when, when I talk about this project, it's usually about a third of the hands go up when mm-hmm. I ask who's been right. to the gathering place. And, but for those that haven't, it is, it's worth a trip. I would recommend going down. It's, um, they took the, the idea of play to a new level. It, they very consciously hired people out of Florida theme parks to, to, to go for that high level of presentation and quality standard. And, and it's paid off for them big. Um, they opened in 2018, and they didn't just scoop like all the top national awards for tourism. They, they've they not had less than 2 million visitors a year to it since mm-hmm. it opened. Now, I, I, I don't... Like only having one point of reference, though. So, I, as as we got, I will say the gathering place was was like the spark um, and the inspiration. But I've been in um, you know, traveling around and uh, like um, another regional reference. What they've done up in Omaha, Nebraska, is um, really impressive. Now their site is a little bit. They ended. They sort of built three parks that are close to one another, and they're close enough. They're all walkable. Again, it's that it, it. They've done a really good job. They. It only got. I think the final one only opened like a couple of months ago. So that's very fresh. But again, it's kind of kind of inspirational. But I do like to travel. I, I was over in. Um, visiting my folks in England last summer, and there was, um, if any of your listeners are Harry Potter movie fans, uh, the original Hogwarts in Harry Potter is a castle in um, Northumberland called Anik, A-L-N-W-I-C-K, and, um, Annick Castle is, um, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing place to visit, but the the Duke and Duchess of Northumberland are very interesting people, very wealthy. And the Duchess visited the gathering place and she's like, we got to have one of these. Wow. And so that inspiration from Tulsa made it to um, uh, Annick. Now, they created this I think it's the tallest play structure in the world, or they're t- touting it as the the largest single play structure in the world. It's a seventy-something foot high slide, um, and I, I'm starting to think there might there might be some roller coaster wars starting to emerge in play structures because <laughs> you know I'm thinking maybe I need maybe ours needs to be one foot higher. <laughs> i don't know um but it, it anyway long story short i i went over there and again it's very inspirational to me to to see this thing just packed out in fact that they've created a problem for themselves they're having to do timed ticketing um uh, oh. because it's so popular they're having to just you know uh, they can only handle so many so many people at a time uh, i'd like to avoid that with exploration place if we can because i know people really don't like time ticketing mm-hmm. um um, anyway, we're, 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 we're I think we've got a really good stack of professionals that we've engaged on the project. Most of the play equipment that will be erected here in Wichita will come from Europe. Um, we're working with three companies. One's called Monstrum. Um, everything Monstrum have ever done, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they sort of specialize in these sort of whimsical... Um, Colourful. Most of what they do is it's very sustainable. It's made of wood, um, and they've got several key parts of our project. Um, bringing that—that that sort of—it's just really—it's just really appealing. And uh, this is where I, I get frustrated at my inability to paint pictures with words. I, I, but if, if if anyone's really interested, just go to Monstrum's website. They're mm-hmm. out of Denmark, and you'll just see tons of visual examples of, of their work. Um, we're, there's a company called Compan, um, I think the biggest play manufacturer in the world. Um, they're out, I think also out of Denmark and a company called Richter out of Germany um, and they all of the body of work of all these people is really really top-notch so um, I'm excited to, to, to get it done.
0: There is a definite plan and themes to the playscape. If you go to the Exploration Place website to get a look at them, but is there a challenge when you are a science center keeping a playscape science based?
1: Um, no, there isn't a challenge if I'm frank about it. I have, I think, a lifetime working in museums has definitely educated me about how you how you can be effective in a mission whatever that mission is because i've done a golf museum i've done a (laughs) three aviation museums farming and so so i i i i'm i love that i've arrived at science because i'm i am very passionate about it but you know every every sort of mission is different but the path to 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 really influencing people is uh, is first of all you got to get them there in the first place and i think no one's learning anything if they're not there you know if the, if they're if they're on a video game at home or whatever mm-hmm. so you have to the trick i feel with museums is you've you've got to present things that people really want to come to and so we're definitely doing that, and 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 I have found that once they're there and you have their attention and their minds and their engagement, then the educational part is actually fairly easy. Um, mm-hmm. It's fairly, you, you, but always layer that on top of first convince yourself that that you've got something that people are going to want to come and see and do, but. Exploration Place has been a tremendous learning experience for me because I, although I've, I'm sort of entering I'm probably rounding third base on my career <laughs> at this point, um, I'm still learning. And I, the big lesson that I've taken from Exploration Place is that the highest expression of our impact and value as an organization is when families are interacting learning playing together whenever that happens at Exploration Plays it puts a smile on my you just know we're doing good here Mm -hmm. we live in a world where not just the kids but the adults are spending a lot of their lives on devices electronic devices and and I'm not necessarily critical of that but it is so clear to me that the job of exploration plays is to find that play to be that place where the family is not on devices Mm -hmm. that that we're 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 having different experiences together and interestingly i personally have come full circle in in my career on this because when i was you know in my early 20s and really full of ideas and you know, all the things I wanted to do. It was, I was all about bringing tech into museums, touch screen, touch screens and interactives mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And I am all the way that that's the last thing I'm doing right now.
0: That, that, that intrigues me. Why totally go the opposite way?
1: Um, first of all, whenever I've done it, it hasn't gone well. Mm. Um, technology moves so fast the the investment that you've made is out of date within a year of installing it and right. museum life cycles of exhibits got to be more like 15 20 years mm-hmm. in order to for 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 it, it to work out so um some of it is you know having tried and in some cases had cutting edge tech you know on the day it opened, but realizing a couple of years later that your audience is bored with it mm-hmm. uh, or seeing it as outdated or whatever. So there's a little bit of that. Um, I, I, I think some of it is, I probably should modify what I was saying a little bit. Cause I, I do have tech in our exhibits and I'm not like completely against it, but it's, I've come around to ne- don't lead with tech for the sake of tech. It tech Where tech can do is, is if it can do something that only it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an exhibit just before Christmas from the Electric Playhouse in Albuquerque, and that was heavily tech. Um, but it was a kind of play and a kind of experience that you just couldn't have any other way. Um, so there, there there is a place for it, but I I... You know we've got some puzzle tables at exploration plays, mm-hmm. and I love them. Mm-hmm. And you know they're, just, they're a lot of them are just blocks of wood and nails and you know really simple things, but they're very well designed. And to see a family crowding around it, right? You know having the joy of solving the puzzle together. Um, I think part I, I'm just sort of maybe reacting to the world around me, which is there. There's not a lot of that there's people aren't having experiences like that maybe as often as they used to. So there's there's actually value in staging them.
0: No, I yeah, I can see that totally. Um because this is a business podcast, have you let me get into some of the details. Have you have you selected a general contractor? Who who are you working with?
1: We have. Um we um well first of all we have two um contractors that the it is over two phases. The the amphitheater is going to be built by Congo, okay. and then the playscape is going to be built by Domlinger.
0: Okay. What challenges are there that that listeners may not know about? Are you're cutting into your parking lot a little bit with the amphitheater? I've seen a, a, a rendering for possible additional parking. What other challenges? Um. Well, first of all, the
1: chat, the parking. I'm not worried about Um. We are going to lose about 45 parking spots by building the amphitheater Uh, back to that conversation with bob layton that i was referencing Mm -hmm. earlier um i distinctly remember saying i'm thinking about reducing the size of the parking lot um and seeing his head nodding vigorously um yeah you know and that that's Stuff like that is very meaningful to me because it's like gives you the okay we're onto to an idea here, so for example, I just told you the gathering place down in Tulsa um, has been having two million visitors a year, even with a reduced parking lot, I will still have more parking spaces than they've got so wow. it, exploration place was it was overparked mm-hmm. um, in its original iteration again, not not a criticism it's just how things are and um even on our peak, there was a day last spring break we had twenty seven hundred visitors to an exploration place, which is probably about as much as we can handle. Um, and there was also a big event going on at the Indian Museum that was using some of our parking, and there was we, we still weren't full. Mm. So, wow. uh, and, and another influence on me is look, I, I ran a museum in San Diego, San Diego in Balboa Park, and where we almost had no parking, it, like. But people came anyway, right. you know. <laughs> and Wichita has a ton of parking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are sometimes in the public debate that I do laugh internally a little bit at how passionate people get about parking. Like this city does not have <laughs> on any level a parking problem. Um, you know that the. So even if the exploit, even if. This is successful beyond our wildest dreams, and our parking lot is full. There is a ton of parking within. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I spent a lot of my life running air shows, and there, there's a lot of science to parking at air shows. And a five-minute walk to it is is a non it's a non-issue. We have a parking mentality problem. Yeah, I yeah. think is what we have.
0: Yeah. Adam, you were part of our uh, talent summit panel a couple of years ago, and I remember. Really one thing that really caught my eye that day is when you said that the city does not know the treasure that it has in uh, the Arkansas River. What did you mean by that? And is this entire project kind of a a stepping stone for what else can happen along the river in this city?
1: Well, I'll answer the second part of your question first. My highest ambition for what we're trying to do at Exploration Place is that we can help to build an understanding and a momentum around the river corridor that, that it is a significant asset for for Wichita. I think the comments I made on the panel that you're referring to I was probably talking again about my first impressions. Um, again, having worked and lived in different places usually it's fairly a fairly solid given that there is value in water, mm-hmm. that adjacency to water is a good thing, that water somehow gives you, you know, like a spiritual feeling or something. You know, it's, right. it's, it's a good thing. And, and it really caught my attention. I come to Wichita, and I, for the first time in my life, I hear people say negative things about water, like... This river's dirty and smelly. And, and, I, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't think it is. It looks pretty nice to me. Um, and and this, this thing we do called Park Run every Saturday morning has brought people from all around the world um, because Park Run's like this international thing. And people, because they know we're doing one, they sometimes are tra- literally traveling thousands of miles just to visit Wichita to do our park run. And they're continually giving me this feedback. This is a beautiful place that you've got. So we I don't think we've got anything to be... Um, anything other than proud of, actually. But it, it it was interesting to me that it wasn't just a neutral, like no one's seeing value in it. It's that people are seeing it as a negative. Wow. Um, I still haven't figured that out. I—I People have given me some clues that there might be even sort of historical cultural you know the river being a cultural divide between some people certain kinds of people live on one side of the river and certain people live on the other side mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't I haven't been around long enough to, to form a judgment on that but I'm, <clears throat> I'm a pretty passionate advocate for just just look at it as being an, it's it's an asset no question and it's a and it's a fairly undeveloped asset um, and so you know if, if and, and I I I do think our fundraising is going pretty well and a lot of the people that are investing in us, I think they agree. Mm -hmm. I I think one of the reasons they're investing in the project is they they know it's good for exploration place and it will help us as an organization fulfill our mission and and just continue our improvement. But at the same time, we're doing some good for Wichita here um, that, that may have um a halo effect on on some other things Mm -hmm.
0: you've done a lot of fundraising for a lot of projects in your life in a lot of different places where does this one rank in terms of difficulty in getting getting it done
1: um well i think i already said a few minutes ago it's going the best Mm -hmm. of the major projects that i've taken on um does that mean it's the easiest? I don't know. <laughs> I, it, 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 I think it's my opportunity to give a shout-out to my board of directors. Um, I a lifetime spent working in and around nonprofits profits and museums specifically, has taught me that the board is fundamental. And my ability to get things done um, is massively dependent upon the environment that my board creates and and i think we've found a really good match of my personality and leadership style with the board's personality and leadership style we're 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 all on the same page i think we've got pretty good communication and a mutual understanding of what we're trying to do and when you've got that no fundraising is ever easy but when you've got that you've got the opportunity to, to succeed and I, and I we're, we're 80% of the, <laughs> of the way of, of you know and, and I've, I I've got confidence that um, we'll, we'll get all the way there so um, you know my board are all volunteers and and um, dedicate a ton of time and expertise and I actually for this specific project I've also got, we set up a special steering committee. So, as well as our board, I, I really appreciate, um, you know, City Parks and Rec have been helping. They've got a lot of expertise on play and parks, that, mm-hmm. that um, we've got um, Greater Wichita Partnership and Downtown Wichita have been very active and very supportive. And, 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 and so, it, it, it's almost like been a board plus situation. Um, and, and I, I also want to give a shout out to our junior league, it's their hundredth anniversary next year, and um they are investing two million dollars in the uh, the water play aspect of of this project and um it's their hundredth anniversary project um but it it was a almost exactly a year ago they made that commitment, and that was some of the first money in and and that is very powerful in a project like this. Um, when, when people are sort of making that leap of faith with you, mm-hmm. um, that that's really appreciated. So, yeah, I'm, you you've, you've probably heard me hesitate three times now. There's there's no such thing as easy fundraising. But we're, as we enter the, the sort of final phase of this one, it, projects do go through different phases. You the, you got that quiet phase that I talked about, and then you sort of got to get the the first money in is really hard and then we've been patiently working the sort of middle part of the project and and then now we've got I'm looking for people to help us close this out and they can be really valuable also <laughs> and I've got to
0: imagine in a couple of weeks when you have a groundbreaking and you're going to have constant motion over the next 18 months or so that's going to be pretty exciting
1: yeah well exciting is one word it, it, there is going to be some pain with the construction because we're sort of changing the oil while the engine's still running. <laughs> like we have, we've, we've, the the pain will be, you know, how, making sure that exploration place can continue to deliver an excellent guest experience while there's construction going on around it. But we've we've got a plan and. Um, and I think it's—I think fa- that's one of the reasons that phasing it helps quite a bit because we, we're not trying to do it all at once. We, we're bake, break, breaking into big, mm-hmm. two big chunks. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we look forward to following the progress. Adam Smith, President and CEO of, of Exploration Place. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's it for BizTalk this week, episode 351. Check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. We thank you for listening and subscribing. Talk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.